Welcome to Heavenly Algorithm. I'm your host, Georgiana, and it's another magnificent Monday, and it's time to sip and pray. So let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you for this podcast, for this medium to just praise and to glorify your name. I ask that you download your will, your wisdom, so that it will be a blessing to everyone who listens. We thank you for this opportunity. In Jesus' name, amen. I'm so excited that you're here. This is the closing segment for our series. Let's talk about love. So we did segment one, segment two, and this is the closing segment, segment three. So let's recap. Our foundational scripture is found in Matthew 22, verses 35 to 40. And it talks about uh, an expert in the law, this, this religious leader that tried to trap Jesus by asking him a, a question. And the question was, teacher, which is the most important commandment in the law? of Moses. And Jesus replied, you must love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, and all your mind. A second is equally important. Love your neighbor as yourself. The entire law and all the demands of the prophets are based on these two commandments. You see, love begins and ends with God. I'll repeat, love begins and ends with God. He's the alpha and he's the omega, the beginning and the end when it comes to love. Because you know what? God is love. It's first we love God, then we're able to love ourselves. And as we love ourselves, we are loving to others. And today's focus is loving others. You see, uh, I'm a learner and I enjoy learning. That's what makes me tick. It's how God makes me. And so periodically in these podcast sessions, I'm going to recommend and reference books, articles, quotes that I know that will help both of us on this journey. A book I currently read, or well, I'm still reading this book. It's an extraordinary book. It's called Telling Yourself the Truth by William Backus and Marie Champion. And I'll repeat, Telling Yourself the Truth by William Backus and Marie Champion. And there's an excerpt in the book that is so fitting to this week's topic. It says, you will never have peace if you are putting yourself down. The peaceful person is the one who is at peace with themselves. Doug Hammerjack says, a man who is at war with himself will be at war with others. When you like yourself, you will be free to like and appreciate others. When you're hard on yourself, you also be hard on others. Isn't that the truth? The way we love ourselves will be shown externally in our actions and how we love others. And to truly find out how to authentically 
love others, we must first go to God because God is love. In 1 John 4, verse 7 through 10, it says, Dear friends, let us continue to love one another for love comes from God. Anyone who loves is a child of God and knows God, but anyone who does not love does not know God for God is love. Wow. For God is love. God shows how much he loved us by sending his only one and only son in the world so that we might have eternal life through him. This is real love. Not that we love God, but that he loved us and sent his son as a sacrifice to take away our sins. Oh my goodness. That is a beautiful summation scripture of God's love towards you and God's love towards me. And I just want to drop this um, in. I highly recommend um, this app. It's called YouVersion, Y-O-U version, V-E-R-S-I-O-N. It's a Bible app where you could find at your app store or Google store. And this app has scriptures in all versions, um, stories, videos, resources that will really help your growth in knowing God. I highly recommend it. And that's what I use um, in my uh, research and development. I use the YouVersion Bible app. So again, love starts and ends with God. He's the source and he will show us how to love. In 1 John 4, 19, it says, we love because he first loved us. Ladies and gentlemen, we don't know how to love in ourselves, right? The alpha and the omega, the beginning and the end starts with the Lord. In Romans 5 verse 8, it says, But God showed his great love for us by sending Christ to die for us while we were yet sinners. Isn't that so beautiful? That while we were messed up, Christ died for you and for me. Wow, that's amazing. There is nothing you can do or I can do. There's nothing we can do. That is so terrible that God will take away his love or will stop loving us. And there's nothing that we could do more for him to love us. Because while we were yet sinners, he loved us and his love is everlasting. So that is our foundation. That's our bedrock because we love because God loves us. And to love God's way, we need help. We need help. And according to Proverbs 3, verses 5 through 8, it says, Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Do not depend on your own understanding. Seek his will in all you do, and he will show you which path to take. In 
everything we do we in loving in living we should always seek god we must be totally dependent on god to show us to give us the grace on loving his way and another book that i'm reading it's called drawing the circle the 40 day prayer challenge by mark batterson drawing the circle by Mark Batterson. I highly recommend this book too. It's touching, empowering, and relevant. And in the book, Mark Batterson asks a question, who do we turn to first when we need answers in our lives? Who do we go to first? Do you turn to your friends, your spouse, parents, or Google? Who do you turn to? It's important that we turn to God first, right? It's very important because in God's word, in the Bible, it has all the answers to all the questions in our lives. Have a problem, need a solution, turn to God first, turn to his word first. You will always find the answer. So in God's words, and, th- and that's why we, we use God's word as the bedrock of this heavenly algorithm. That's why in all our podcasts, we will speak the word of God because in the beginning, there's God and he is everlasting and his word is utmost and essential. So, and the question is, How can I love others? What does God's word say about loving others? So let's look at the love chapter of the Bible, which is found in 1 Corinthians 13. And I'll read. If I could speak all the languages of earth and of angels, but didn't love others, I would only be a noisy gong or a clanging cymbal. If I had the gift of prophecy and if I understood all of God's secret plans and possessed all knowledge, and if I had such faith that I could remove a mountain but didn't love others, I would be nothing. If I gave everything I have to the poor and even sacrificed my body, I could boast about it. But if I didn't love others, I would have gained nothing. Love is patient and kind. Love is not jealous or boastful or proud or rude. Love does not demand its own way. Love is not irritable and it keeps no record of being wronged. Love does not rejoice about injustice but rejoices whenever the truth wins out. Love never gives up, never loses faith, and is always hopeful and endures through every circumstance. And the gist of all this, the love chapter, in the beginning it speaks about 
Though I do this, do I sacrifice my body to be burned? Although I might be super smart, the wisest woman in the world or the woman that could move mountains with my faith. But if the motive behind what I'm doing isn't based on love, it's nothing. So we could have all gifts, all wisdom and do things that are charitable and philanthropic. But if the motive behind what we're doing, what we're giving, what we're saying is does not love or loving, then it is off naught. In the scripture, um, Jesus speaks about, the Bible speaks about how man, man and woman, woman and men, we look at the outside, but God looks at the heart. God look at the inside. And it's so ironic that when we think of a heart, I not not really like the biological heart that pumps the blood, but if you ask a child to draw a heart, they'll draw it in that, you know, semicircles coming together and it, it is a representative of love. So God looks at our motive of love. Are we doing it for, for show or are we authentically doing it because we care, respect and appreciate the person? So let 1 Corinthians 13 be our guide. And in Ephesians 4 verses 2 and 3, it's going to show us how to behave, how to conduct ourselves with others. So Ephesians 4, 2, Ephesians chapter 4, verses 2 to 3 says, always be humble and gentle. Be patient with each other, making allowance for each other's fault because of your love. Make every effort to keep yourselves united in the spirit, binding yourself together with peace. Wow. The reason we love and we care for one another is because we're going to make allowance for one another's faults. We live in a fallen world. We live in a world that I'm going to get on your nerves. You're going to get on my nerves. Therefore, in advance, we make allowance knowing that we're going to mess up. And it's true that None of us can choose. We, 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 we can't choose, let's say, if you offend me, I can't tell you not to offend me. Offense happens. But one thing that we can do is choose our response, right? Choose our response. And in my training sessions, because I do professional development leadership training, I have a segment where I talk about reacting versus responding, right? So whenever there's a stimulus, let's say someone is coming in your face and they're shouting and they're screaming at you, right? You can react. React is, is saying something without thinking. Your emotion reacts. It's sudden. But a response, even if it takes one second or two seconds, a response is a gap, a space where you really think about it before you say something and people who 
honor that space, that gap, give themselves time. Those are the powerful people. Those are the people that always triumph because you know what? They're controlling their emotion. They're because they love, right? Because the love and the, that emotion inside will help them as they respond and take that time to respond in love. So I encourage you to respond instead of react. All right. And how do we, the next part is how do we express love, right? Loving with action, not only words. You know, people could say, I love you. I love you. I love you so much. And, you, you know, uh, at the Christianese, we say we love you with the love of the Lord or love is cheap if it's only words. Right. It takes action. And even the Bible talks about it, how we express our love. And it can be found in first John three, verse 17 through 18. If anyone has material possessions and sees a brother or sister in need, but has no pity on them, how can the love of God be in that person? Dear children, let us not love with words or speech, but with actions and in truth. So true. How can I say I truly care for you? If I see that you're in need of shelter or you're in need of food or you're in need of a job, what can I do in my power to help you? And I remember one day I was um, traveling. This was many, many years ago. And I saw this ad, this sign, and it says, compassion is love in action. When we are compassionate, our love moves us to act, to do something, to help. So I implore you to have compassion, to make your love and your care for others move you to action, to helping others. And lastly, in Matthew 18, verses 21, 23 to 35, it talks about a powerful story that summarizes how forgiving others is truly loving others. And so it goes as thus. Then Peter came to him and asked, Lord, how often should I forgive someone who sins against me? Seven times? And Jesus replied, Therefore, the kingdom of heaven can be compared to a king who decided to bring his account up to date with servants who had borrowed money from him. In the process, one of his debtors was brought in front of him who owed him millions of dollars. He couldn't pay. So his master ordered that he be sold along with his wife, his children and everything he owned to pay the debt. But the man fell down before his master and begged, please be patient with me. I will pay it all. Then the master was filled with pity for him and he released him and he forgave him his debt. But when that same man left the king, he went to a fellow servant who owed him a few thousand dollars. 
He grabbed the servant by the throat and demanded instant payment. His servant fell down before him and begged for a little more time. Be patient with me. I will pay it, he pleaded. But his creditor wouldn't wait. He had the man arrested and put in prison until the debt could be paid in full. When some other servants saw this, they were very upset. So they went to the king and told him everything that had happened. Then the king called the man he had forgiven and said, You evil servant, I forgave you that tremendous debt but you, that, because you pleaded with me. Shouldn't you have mercy on your fellow servant just as I had mercy on you? Then the angry king sent that man to prison to be tortured until he had paid his entire debt. And that's what my heavenly father will do to you if you refuse to forgive your brothers and sisters from your heart. Now, this parable, this story is just so impactful, so important. So, so many times I have sinned against God and I go to God and I say, God, please forgive me. Please forgive me. And my sins are so big, right? Our sins are so big and God forgive us all the time, all the time. He is faithful and just, just come to him. And he said, Oh, forgiven It's forgiven. He won't hold a grudge. He won't keep a record. The Bible said he throws your, your sins and your errors into the sea of forgetfulness. However, when then I turn around and if someone is rude or malicious to me, how do I treat them? Do I say easily, like how God forgive me? Do I say to them, you know what? I forgive you. I truly forgive you. I truly believe in you. Or do I have them wait? Do I have them, uh, do I lock them up in uh, unforgiveness purgatory, unforgiveness space until I feel justified that now after three months or whatever time, okay, I'm going to let you go and I'm going to forgive you, right? So this story goes to show if every time we go to God and God forgive us, this is how we should forgive others. In the story, it tells about that man owed the king a million dollars, millions of dollars, but his and was pardoned, but his servant owed him a few thousand dollars and he didn't pardon the servant. So please, I'm saying it to myself and I'm saying it to you, just as Christ forgive us, we should forgive others because forgiveness is an expression of love. So be reminded of how much Christ forgave you. Be empathetic. I want us to be empathetic, tolerant, and compassionate. We live in a fallen world. Be kind to yourself. Be kind to others. And here's a challenge for this week. What can we do? What can you do? What can I do to show love? Can we send a text of encouragement to someone? Can we smile more with our friends and our family members? Can we lift someone's spirit by treating them to something or calling them or writing to them, an email of some kind? What can we do? 
I challenge, I challenge you, I challenge us to do something loving for ourselves, right? And for others. So let's pray and please repeat after me. Dear Heavenly Father, help me to love you with all my heart, all my mind, all my soul, and all my strength. Dear Father, show me how to love myself and others. I'm so grateful that you love me and that you showed that you will show me how to love. God, I know that you are for me and that you are with me. In Jesus name. Amen. Have a wonderful, wonderful week. Be love, enjoy God's love and grace. Shalom.